the ancient tale of Icarus and his father Daedalus. Before the year 2075, many people had only heard of it in passing, or in obscure pop culture references. But when the United West declared its newest project, the Icarus Expeditions, the myth from the ancient Greek civilizations became a household story. The original myth followed an old man named Daedalus, who created the maze that housed the infamous Minotaur, a monster that was known as the most fearsome, horrifying monster to face off against, especially in Daedalus's trap-filled, twisted, and infinite maze. No one knew how to escape, making it the most effective death trap in all of Greece, except for, of course, the creator of the maze, Daedalus himself. Now. The king who had this maze built, King Minos, didn't want one such weak link in his ingenious plan, so he locked up Daedalus and his son, Icarus, into a tower in the middle of the sea. Daedalus wasn't about to give up though. Using feathers and wax that he found in the tower, he fashioned wings for Icarus and himself. They were going to glide above the gorgeous sea and escape from Minos' prison, but before they took off, Daedalus gave Icarus two warnings. Do not fly too close to the sea, or the salt water will weigh your feathers down. Do not fly too close to the sun, or the heat will melt the wax. Taking to the air, Icarus was ecstatic. Flying, after all, is the dream of every child. But his flight was a battle, one between submission and hubris. A perfect balance between confidence and modesty. One that Icarus would lose. He flew upward, thrilled by the air on his face and the wings on his back. He went higher and higher until the sun stood in front of him and the wax in his wings fell apart. He fell backward into the sea, not even noticed by those on land. With a tale so tragic, it's not a surprise that the space expedition named after it would face a similarly catastrophic ending. because. After only two out of hundreds of planned spacecraft were launched, the Icarus expedition was postponed indefinitely. The Icarus expeditions were organized by the remnants of the old government agency NASA, now called the United West Space Administration, UWSA, or USA for short. The expeditions were intended to be a comeback to the 2070s underground movement. The United West government was against the idea of migrating underground, as some Easter territories had begun doing, and wanted to give their people an alternative, or at least an incentive, to stay above ground. The Icarus expedition was the solution. A group of massive ships, each carrying a thousand people aboard, sent to orbit Venus and provide long-term homes for all of those displaced by rising sea levels or unbearable heat waves. The project was announced in 2075, and the first ship, the Daedalus-1, was built in record time, in just under four years. It was in 2078 that recruitment started for the inhabitants of the ship. In order to ensure the health and safety of the first crew, only young adults were chosen for the initial voyage. People between the ages of 18 and 21 flocked to sign up to take the journey of a lifetime. 1,000 individuals were chosen, and USA took to training them quickly. When these recruits were only halfway through their training, in 2080, USA rounded up another 1,000 individuals intended for the Daedalus II, which was already under construction. It was obvious that this project needed to be a fast-moving one, and USA was doing its part.
are T-minus three minutes to take off. Roger, sir. Engines in starting positions. Check. Body flaps in starting positions. Check. Terminating vent hoods. Roger. Retracting fuel line. Roger. Transferring to internal power. Roger. Visors closed. Check. Well, you must be excited, Captain. Check, sir. Greatest day of my life. Glad to hear. T-minus one minute to take off. Roger. Ground power removal. Check. T-minus 30 seconds. Arm cut off. Initiate system ignition start. Roger. T-minus 20 seconds. Stacey Simpsons are green. All passengers are good to go. Engine is powering up. T-minus 10 seconds. Main Nine, engine 3. Start. Eight, Main engine seven, 2. Start. Six. Main five, engine 1. Start. Four, All three, systems go. 2. 1. Take off. In 2082, the Daedalus One took off. A ship piloted by Captain Griffin Green, it was going to change the world. It reached its location with minimal issues and was sent to be the first Daedalus ship in a fleet of them that would sustain human life away from Earth. But only five months after reaching its orbit around Venus, Earth lost contact with the ship. No messages could get through to the Daedalus One, and even if they were sending anything back, Earth couldn't hear it. Four months passed painfully as no news came from the Daedalus 1. The Daedalus 2 was finishing construction, and USA was growing desperate. The failure of these missions would mean that millions of dollars in funding would be wasted. The migration to space would have to be put on hold for years, at least until the negative stigma of the Icarus expeditions washed away. And that wasn't even mentioning the thousand children who were all lost, with families demanding to know what was happening to their lost members. Luckily, it never came to that. In the middle of 2083, almost the entire population of Daedalus 1 was returned to Earth via escape pods. All 100 Daedalus pods landed within a week of one another, carrying the missing operatives aboard them. 984 people had been recovered, meaning that 16 individuals had been left behind. Not a single one of those 984 Daedalus passengers knew what happened to those last 16 people. The passengers also didn't know what had constituted the evacuation either. 
When asked if it was a sudden loss of connection with Earth, most of the children hadn't even known that the ship hadn't been in contact with Earth. Those who had known denied that it had been the reason for the evacuation. The evacuation had not been panicked, though. They had merely evacuated, floor by floor, into escape pods. One astute listener had noticed that floor number three had not been called to evacuate, which is the best standing theory on where those last 16 people had been. Perhaps it had just been an accident, a slip on the announcer's part during the sudden desertion of the ship. Or perhaps whatever was happening on floor three had been the reason for the expulsion, driving the people to escape. Examining the escape pods, an audio message was found aboard the captain's escape pod, recorded by an unknown voice. It demanded that the Icarus expeditions be ceased immediately, else more than 15 people would be lost. Who had recorded the message? Who wanted to keep us away so badly that they would threaten lives? A member of the Dallas crew? None of the voices of any of the workers were the same. An alien? That was wishful thinking. Was it the same people who had ordered the evacuation? Maybe one of the last members who was left behind? As some of the astute of you may have noticed, there was a mistake in this message. It stated that 15 people were lost in the events. As you know, 16 people went missing. Who was this last individual that had been unaccounted for? Mystery has surrounded the events of the Dallas crew and this one person until now. Six months after the return of the Daedalus 1 crew, the Daedalus 2 was done with construction. Eager to redeem the tarnished name of the Icarus expeditions, Usa launched the ship with little hesitation. This time, the ship was captained by one Leonardo Ellsworth, along with his commander, Gwen Jade. Commander Jade was already infamous in the press for being a sister to one of the lost members of the Daedalus 1 crew. Placing her as the commander had been a deliberate statement by Usa to show that they weren't giving up hope in finding the last 16 members, along with an explanation on what had happened to them. So, in 2083, the Daedalus 2 was launched. It was one of the largest media events in the world, garnering both extremely positive attention as well as harsh criticism. T-minus five minutes to launch. Hey, anybody scared? I sure as hell I am. Get the hell off the ship then. No can do. We've got to do this. For Earth. For your sister. Yeah. Thanks, Leo. I think I have to pee. Once again, it would only take eight months for the mission to go awry. This time, instead of blinking out of existence, one-sided contact was maintained with the Daedalus 2. The crew of the ship was able to send messages to Earth, likely an effect of the new radio technology that had been installed. However, no transmissions that were sent from Earth seemed to make it to the ship. Daedalus 2 to Earth. Do you copy? Earth, do you copy? This is Dallas 2 pinging UWSA. 
I don't have all day, you know. Okay, maybe you hear this later. The Dayless Hoover has received a mysterious message from an unknown sender. It sounds like it's nothing, but definitely didn't come from Earth. Currently, knowledge of this message is being kept to higher ranks. More specifically, only Commander Jade and I know. And the lieutenant who picked it up, of course. Lieutenant Ashton Queens. We are waiting for further word from you to decide how to further handle it. Captain Ellsworth, over and out. This is where many people agree that the situation gets weird. A few hours after this message was sent out, another message was sent back to the Daedalus 2. But it wasn't from USA. Daedalus 2, do you copy? This is Earth. We copy Earth. This is Captain Leonardo Ellsworth. Hello, Captain. I got your signal about the message. This is the part where you introduce yourself, Earth. I need to make sure I'm speaking with someone with a high enough command. I'm not from the UWSA, Captain. They won't be able to contact you. What do you mean? Your transmissions to the UWSA are being blocked. You will have to go through me. Are you blocking them? Please identify yourself. Call me Anna. I'm doing nothing to your signal. Has anyone else listened to the message? Anna? I'm going to need some clearance. I'm not supposed to speak about these matters with anyone lower than my own rank. I'm the highest rank you're going to get here. Tell me about the message. Please return when you have the proper clearance to ask these questions. Until then, Dayless 2 is over and out. I'll be waiting for you to come around. Anna, out. When Usa heard this radio conversation over their own comms, unable to interfere with them, a manhunt began. Who, other than the Space Administration itself, would have the radio power to contact such a faraway location? Radio stations around the world were temporarily shut down in the fear that they were the ones contacting the Dedalus too. Radio conversations went silent for weeks as radio enthusiasts didn't dare speak over them, scared of being prosecuted by USA. Suspicion even turned back onto the administration itself, where the radio staff was weighed down to only a few dozen, and the highest levels of clearance were needed to enter the rooms where they worked. But all their efforts were in vain when, a week later, this message patched through. Dayless 2 to Anna. Only three personnel on the ship have heard the message. Good. Keep them away from anyone else on the ship. If they told anyone about the message, quarantine them too. Word of the message is confined to only three of us. We've spoken about it to no one else. Good. Keep it that way. Have any of you three shown any strange symptoms? Like... what? Bleeding. From the mouth, the nose, the eyes, anything. Queens had a nosebleed three days ago. There's a room on floor 3 that had a lock on the outside instead of the inside. Room 19. Evacuate the floor and lock Queens in there. Why the hell would I do that? I don't know how it works, but he's not going to be Queen soon. It's better to just be safe than sorry. Not going to be Queen soon? What does that mean? I don't know, but you have to trust me, or you're going to end up just like the Daedalus 1. What about the municipalities on that floor? Other than a bathroom, there are none. It's mostly residential. Alright, Dayless 2, out.
the mysterious Anna seemed to have it all figured out. As she had stated, there was a building discrepancy in which one of the doors on floor 3 had been built without a lock on the inside, making it only accessible from the outside. How she knew about it, people could only guess. Suspicions of her being a worker at USA grew, and employees would have to go through regular screenings with voice matching programs to see if they were the culprit. However, as the public became aware of the situation, the masses took a great liking to the mysterious Anna figure. It was clear that she knew her way around code, and the idea of a hacker managing to make her way into the biggest project of the century captivated audiences. As people fell in love with Anna, people also fell in love with the mystery. Junior detectives and conspiracy theorists around the world worked together to fit together exactly what was happening with the Dallas 2. Theories ranged from a simple technical malfunction in the radio systems to a hostile alien takeover of the Dallas ships, one that began with a radio message. Though there wasn't much evidence to back these claims up, believers and non-believers alike were determined to crack the mystery wide open. It was almost considered a game at times, with the winner being the first to provide the correct explanation. During this time, Anna continued advising Ellsworth on what to do. Under her advice, Captain Ellsworth ceased verbal communication with Commander Jade, instead sticking to radio communications. Dallas to Anna. Come in. I'm here, Day Dallas. I've got Queens locked away. He's not happy about it, but he knows it's for the best. Good. How is Commander Jade looking? Fit as a fiddle. No blood. And you? Nothing. Okay. Is there any way that you and Commander Jade can isolate yourselves? What? It's dangerous to talk face-to-face about the message. I don't have time to test much, but something about talking to people causes it. I still don't know what it is. Neither do I, but it's not pretty. Let's hope that you don't have to witness it. Okay, so Commander Jane and I can't speak anymore? Over radio, you should be fine. You sound like a jealous girlfriend. I'm trying to save your life. That's what a jealous girlfriend would say. Update me if anything else happens. Anna, out. Now you're getting into clean girlfriend territory. Anna? Dayless 2, over and out. Captain Ellsworth locked himself in his own captain's quarters, doing his duties by computer and having lower-level cadets support to him via radio, all while Queens remained locked in his room, food delivered to him once a day, no visitors allowed. This is Dayless 2 requesting that Anna come and grace us with her silky voice and infinite wisdom. Dayless 2 to Anna's vocal cords, come in. Dale's two to Anna. Come on, I'm just messing around. Keep in mind that these are professional communication channels, Captain. The UWSA can still hear these. Why aren't they replying then? Nothing will go through. It's not their fault. You're good with computers. Can't you fix it? 
The issue is on their side, not mine or yours. I can't do anything without getting into their facilities. What's causing it? I don't know. How's Ashton doing? Queens? He's fine. He's been having nosebleeds often, though. And Gwen? No signs of blood from her. She's loving the whole isolation thing. She's actually stopped talking to everyone on the ship. She's doing her work in her quarters. That's smart. You should do the same. Is that really necessary? I haven't had nosebleeds or anything. Until you evacuate and get away from the message, everything is necessary. Does the nosebleed thing really have to do with the message? I'm not sure. I'm hoping not. Okay, I'll arrange a quarantine for myself. Good. I'll be going then. Anna, wait. Yes? Is there any way that this mission can be a success? Do you think we can still salvage it? No, not anymore. When I get back to Earth, will you go underground with me? Leo. <laughs> I'll build you the most beautiful underground home, Anna. It'll have granite floors, walls, and ceiling. Anna, out. Leonardo, under and out. The casual friendship that was building between the two became evident. It reached its climax in this next recording, only a few hours after the last, where it promptly backfired on Captain Ellsworth. What was that, Captain? I want to go underground. I want to stay like this, with the perfect view of the stars. We don't have much of a choice, Leo. Space is incredible. There's so much nothing. You're nothing. I'm nothing. And we're here. It's three in the morning. Time is nothing here, too. The stars are all suns, but so far away. Their light takes longer than my lifetime to reach me, but it's traveled far enough to let me see it. We are an impossibility, and yet here we are. UWSA is going to hear this and send you for a psych test. They don't need to. I already know that I'm insane. The stars have showed me that. So did you. Are you saying that I drive you crazy? Maybe we should stay here. Let Queens do his thing, let Earth stay away from us. Let's keep the stars for herself. Up here. Do you even know what you're saying? What you're implying? That we let everyone here die because you want to stargaze? There are a thousand people depending on you to bring them back alive. There are billions of people on Earth depending on us to figure this out. To make space travel viable so they don't have to all go underground and hide themselves from the stars. You're acting selfish, which is not what your people need in a captain right now. The stars are for everyone, Leo. They're not ours to keep. Keep that in mind. Anna, out. We're gonna get back to this in a moment, but almost a month after the first communication with Anna, this happened. Leodoana, Leodoana, Anna, please come in. Copy. What's wrong, Captain? It's Queens. I don't know what the hell is wrong with him, but he's gone mad. Okay, Ellsworth, you're gonna have to stay calm. What is Queens doing? Stay calm? I'm watching one of my own men slam his head against the window of his room like he wants to paint it with his own brains. And you're telling me to stay calm? Is he bleeding from his nose? You must have missed the part where I said he's smashing his head against the window. Anna, there's blood everywhere. I'm not really paying attention to where it's coming from. Okay, listen, you need to get your people to escape pods. What the hell are you talking about? I need to help Queens first. 
No, you need to help 998 other lives before hits. Get your people into pods. We'll be a failure, just like Dallas 1. You'll be alive, like Day Dallas 1. Am I expected to run away with my tail between my legs, like that coward Captain Griffin? Don't say that about him. He was doing what he could. Which wasn't enough. Gwen still cries every night because her little sister is probably a space popsicle. He couldn't save her. It wasn't Griffin's choice at that point. And leave Gwen out of this. I will not. You don't know what it's like to be cozy up on Earth with nothing to worry about. But I have a thousand people depending on me. And not going to make Griffin's mistake and let any of them die. Then get your people out of there. Queens is beyond saving and he won't have any mercy. The class. Get out of there, Leo. This transmission has been broken down second by second. It's likely the most highly studied transmission of the Icarus Expedition. To start, Captain Ellsworth introduces himself as Leo instead of using his more formal call sign, Daedalus II, or even Captain Ellsworth. Since the previous recording showed Anna furious at Ellsworth, it's speculated that there were a few unrecorded conversations that occurred between this time that had them building up a friendship. Either Usa didn't want the world to find these personal conversations, or Anna had found a way to transmit them without her hearing them. But if that was the case, why was Usa able to pick up this one? Secondly is how Anna gets defensive over Captain Griffin. Griffin denied any knowledge of a hacker named Anna at the time, and Anna's tone made it seem like she knew something about Griffin that Ellsworth did not. She even stated that it wasn't Griffin's choice, implying that someone else was telling Griffin what to do. And finally, the elephant in the room, Queens himself. Once again, theories on Queens range from him just finally snapping, the time spent in quarantine alone driving him to madness, or that he was infected by a zombie slash space virus, which took over his body. Perhaps hundreds of doctors have looked over the symptoms, with varying diagnoses. None seem to agree. But for a human to break through the solid glass with his own head, nonetheless the bulletproof plexiglass the ship utilized, it would be a painful and brain-damaging feat that wouldn't be done without some form of insanity. The transmission was interrupted by a radio message from Commander Jade. At the worst possible time, the ship had just so happened to wander upon one of their destinations, the Daedalus 1. During the initial launch of the Daedalus 2, Usa had promised to find the Daedalus 1 and find out what happened aboard it. This meant that one of Ellsworth's missions was to take a team aboard the Daedalus 1 and investigate, a mission that Ellsworth was quite determined to do, especially due to his friendship with Commander Gwen Jade. We've reached Daedalus 1. Should we send out a team to board it? You and I are going to, but we need to do something about Queens first. Queens? What's wrong with Queens? No time to explain. Put Florthy on lockdown right now. It already is. What? Who did that? This is going to sound really strange, but it was done remotely. Maybe Earth picked up on what was happening? Anna. Who? It's not important. Listen, we need to start evacuating the ship. What? Listen, tell me what's going on with Queens. It can't be that bad. All personnel on levels 1 and 2, please head to your closest elevator. This is not a drill. This is an evacuation. Anna's already on that too. Listen, just get suited up. We're going to find out what happened to your little sis.
by taking remote control of the ship, Anna began evacuating the Dedalus 2 crew. Even as the very insane and very dangerous Queens broke out of his jail on floor 3, Anna used doors, elevators, and her own instructions to keep him away from them. All the while, Leo and Gwen flew down to the Jadalus 1, which had been knocked out of its orbit and was flying much closer to the atmosphere of Venus. There are theories on this as well. The absurd ones, that a spacecraft had knocked it out of its orbit, or that the thrusters had malfunctioned. To this day, many people believe that the evacuation of the ship had been caused by this movement towards the burning atmosphere of Venus, with Captain Griffin scared of the ship melting, or the environmental stabilizers on the ship failing. This, again, was debunked by Griffin, who says that the movement must have happened after the evacuation. The most commonly believed idea now is that the ship was intentionally moved to slow down its orbit so the Dallas 2 could more easily catch up. Someone must have known that the Dallas 2 would return there. Although footage does exist of Captain Leonardo boarding the Dallas 2, it hasn't been released from USA Records yet. Rumors have spread that Griffin, who has always been very unresponsive when it comes to interviews, is hiding another large chunk of information that could be used to crack the case wide open. Construction on the Dallas 3 was postponed indefinitely, at least until whatever happened on the first two ships is explained. The Icarus expedition sits at a standstill, watching and waiting for something, anything, to happen.